Welcome to episode five of Indie Stars Dog Talk Podcast with Akeem Glasby. I am Matt Glenesque, sports editor, and I am joined by the aforementioned Akeem Glasby, uh, Indie Star Butler Insider. Akeem, Butler's still winning. It's not always been super pretty, but they're winning, so that's got to be worth something, right? Yeah. Um, they have a flair for the dramatic, I guess. Uh, double overtime game against Cal. You know, um, who you say is better than their record? Yes, and that was one of the first things Coach Mata said. Like that's the well, best. Of course, that's what he's going to say. <laughs> the best three and five team in the country. But I will say they, they Keontae Kennedy had only played one game uh, before he came back against Butler. Then he ends up playing forty nine minutes, twenty points, nine of fourteen. He was probably their best offensive player. Definitely the most efficient offensive player. So they're definitely a different team with Keontae Kennedy. So that kind of explains why they had such a, a tough kind of uh, go about Cal. But, I mean, they pulled it out in the end. You know, Jamil Tufford, he played pre- really bad in the first half. But then in, in overtime, he was on fire. I believe he had eight, eight straight points in the first OT. You know, hit a kind of a dagger three in the second OT. So he's just... And we're, we'll get to this in a little bit. I mean, he's been kind of the the heart and soul, the, the the MVP, so to say, of this team through the first 10 games. I thought Posh Alexander was really important, too, later in that game. Um, when, you know, Cal built that huge lead to start off, but it seemed like his defense and his getting to the basket, making some layups, really energized the crowd, got people into it, and sort of turned the tide to get it back to, you know, an even game to get even where you can get it to overtime, the first overtime. Yes, Posh definitely has that kind of spirit, that heart, you know, that grit. I mean, when your best player or your best interior scorer is, you know, barely six feet tall, that that's something that kind of endears you to your teammates. You know, he's willing to get in there and mix it with the bigs. And, you know, just, again, he has a floater that's pretty pretty clutch, uh, you know, that helps him score amongst the trees. So, yeah, I mean, he had a season-high 21 points, let, let all scores. Telford had 20, uh, Pierre Brooks 18, and DJ Davis 13. So that's kind of what you're going to expect in Butler wins that, you know, those four guys are going to have to get going offensively. And they did. Um, not the most efficient game for Telford, but again, he came around when the team needed it. And uh, they shot much better from three as well. DJ Davis went three for five, Pierre Brooks two for five, Telford two for four. So this kind of, and they shot well from the free throw line too, which is something they've, a place where they've been struggling too. So offensively, this has been a, a that was definitely a strong performance. Uh, rebounding was a little bit improved too. That's another area they've been struggling. So yeah, this was a positive win definitely for Butler. Yeah, I, w- what lessons do they take from this? Obviously, because you know you don't want every non-conference game to be a cakewalk because you don't learn anything really about your team. I mean, I guess you wouldn't mind it because you like to see your team play really well, and if you win it in a cakewalk, they're dominating. Um, but it's nice to see a team like this that is still coming together be pushed and find it, find ways to win. Um, and they have found ways to win, and there are guys on this team who have a lot of experience, and they kind of leaned into that, and that has leaned into that. So what? I guess it's better to learn these lessons and wins, right, than, than losses. But uh, what, what kind of takeaways do you think that is coming away from the Buffalo game, which was closer than expected, and this game that was closer than expected? Yeah, I would say the Buffalo game was probably the best kind of teaching lesson. It's just that they need to start quickly and, and not take anyone for granted. I mean, I would imagine in Big East play that's something that you shouldn't have to tell, you know, the players. But that Buffalo game was definitely an eye-opener for them because they started slow and they had a 24-point lead. And they Buffalo, you know, statistically one of the worst teams in Division One, brought it all the way down to five points so that was kind of a 
a wake-up call for them um, to letting them know that, again, that they can't start slowly. And then against Cal, you know, it was a kind of a, a dogfight the entire time. And I think they learned that they need to get stops. I think this team showed that they can kind of score with most teams, but they've been playing in a lot of track meets as well. And it kind of goes back and forth. And obviously the team that gets the most stops down the down the you know the stretch is going to win. So they're kind of learning to, that they need to play team defense in pressure situations, which is a good lesson to learn. Also, uh, 19 good minutes for Andre Screen again. Mm-hmm. Another productive shift for him. You know, six rebounds, three blocks, nine points. Uh, Finley Bizjack hit a, hit a couple shots there. Really, actually, kind of kept them in the game. It's felt like in the first half. I think he scored all eight of his points in the first half, and it kind of came in a burst where they needed some sort of you know a boost, you know, energizer kind of thing. And I guess that might be his role this year. Yeah, I mean, he had a career-high eight points all in the first half. And it kind of showed in the second half when the game got really tight. Thad really kind of shrunk that rotation down to six guys. Screaming. Because you can't lose a game like this. Because if <laughs> No, I mean, seriously, like if Butler wants to get into the NCAA tournament, you can't have a loss to a, a subpar Cal team on your non-conference resume because the Big East is going to be brutal. Like if you can get to 500 in the Big East – and with their eight and two record, nine and two non-conference record that they're going to have, you have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. If you had lost this game, it's a, it's not good. You know, it's a big red mark on the resume. So I, and I think Thad knows that. You know, you can't lose this game no matter what. Yeah. So you, know, so you don't have that quad four, quad three loss kind of thing on your resume. And I think this rotation kind of foreshadows what we might expect once Big East play gets. You know, I think even Thad said that he wants to shrink the rotation down a little bit uh, as the season progresses. And that makes kind of Augusto Augusto Cassia's kind of looming return even more interesting because he's either he forces his way into a rotation or he doesn't, you know. And then if he forces his way into the rotation, who loses minutes? And, you know, I'm, I'm guessing it'll be someone like Connor Turnbull or, or, or Bowden Kapke who didn't play at all against Cal. So that's kind of... Is this three games in a row we haven't seen Kapke? Yes. Yeah. And so, and then even Turnbull's only been used in spurts. So, you know, I'm I'm guessing they want to see just improved defense from both those guys. So maybe I would expect to see a heavy amount of them against Saginaw Valley. You You would hope. You would really hope so. And maybe even an Augusto Cassia sighting, you know, that would be really nice too. Um, but, yeah, this rotation, it's Andre Screen's kind of emerged, and I guess we can get into uh, – I did some superlatives for the team, you know, through the quarter mark of the season, and I picked Andre as my best – as the well, best. I, we're getting there. Oh, okay. I mean, come on. There's All a right. There's a flow. There's All a, right. There's a shot sheet I'm working from here. All right. Oh, okay. A, as Akeem alluded to, um, posting at IndyStar.com on Wednesday morning, so to pair it with this podcast, uh, we're going to have what, what Akeem has done, kind of a quarterly report card. Kind of a superlatives of where we're at nine or what are we eleven games into the season, ten games into the games. season. Yep. Um, so just kind of looking at how this new Butler team has, you know, got how they've done to this point. So he's picked the team MVP, the team strength, the team weakness, the, their best offensive player, their best defensive player, best three point shooter, best playmaker, best off the bench, and their best freshman. So Akeem, without further ado, we're gonna we're gonna start backwards mm-hmm. okay so we're gonna leave a little intrigue as to who the team mvp is uh best freshman i think it's pretty safe to say that's gonna be finley bizjack correct yes okay. i mean of the of the three freshmen on the team finley's the only one to have played in all 10 games again he had kind of his best two performances the last two games six points against buffalo eight points against cal and he's kind of that confidence that we saw in the preseason is starting to return again you know i, I did the feature on finley you know um 
before the preseason that just came out last week. And he said he's a confident guy. You know, he puts up a lot of shots. He put in the work to allow himself to be confident. And, and worked out with Devin Harris, an NBA all-star point guard, yes. you know, in the Dallas area. So that, that's got to help. Exactly. So he's not going to shy away from the big moments. And hopefully he gets a chance to, to do that and stay in the rotation and Big East play. But as of right now, he's definitely the best freshman on the team. Okay. Best off the bench. I'm going Andre Screen. I mean, just the the impact that he had, his offensive game especially, has just been a revelation. I mean, started his career 9 for 9, you know, and he's still shooting over 70% from the field, just – he, and he shows a little bit of bounce and aggressiveness around the rim that I didn't expect him to have. You know, I think he did give a little some emotion after one yeah. uh, in particular play against Cal, and I was like, "All right, big guy." Exactly. Yeah, play with a little bit of a mean streak that you didn't. The glasses throw you off. You exactly. Know? Because as someone who's worn glasses since the second grade, I can tell you, people just look at you and say "nerd," but <laughs> it's nice to see someone just like, "Oh yeah." Take he, I mean, I don't know how many seven one nerds are. Probably more no, than yeah. Yes, yeah. probably more than Miles a, Turner's a self proclaimed nerd, right? Yes. Mister. Lego yes. builder champion. Builder, yeah. He doesn't play with Legos. No, he builds Legos. Yeah. Yes, I saw that. But, I saw that clip. Yeah, no. Though I, he said Legos, which it, apparently is a no-no. It's, like, it, it's Lego. Wow. You play with Lego. Apparently there's no plural there. That doesn't even sound right. I'm just telling you, that's what the that's what the Lego nerds will tell you. Okay. Well, I don't know if Andre Screen plays with Legos, but or Lego, but you know, yes, just offensively he's been a revelation, playing some really big minutes, especially early on when Jalen Thomas was kind of working his way back from a foot injury. And um, you know, some areas of improvement on defense, he can kind of let guards or small players get into him and score over him. But, you know, he, he does provide some rim protection and rebounding. I believe he's second on the team in the rebounds. So just he's been, a, again, a revelation off the bench for Butler. Okay, best playmaker. Best playmaker is Posh Alexander. I think that's kind of self-explanatory. He's the guy with the ball in his hand. He leads the team in assists. He's, you know, he has good court sense, good basketball IQ. He gets everyone going, gets everyone involved. But I will say that, you know, Jamil Telford's playmaking has been really coming on. I believe he had six or seven assists. I think he has 15 assists in his last two games. Let me check this. Uh 12 assists in his last two games, eight assists against Buffalo. He's really someone that you wouldn't expect to get that playmaking from a wing player. So he's added an an element of playmaking again that I wasn't expecting. So, you know, he's a close second to Posh, but Posh is definitely the top playmaker on the team. He's exactly what Fad thought he was getting when he went out in the portal and got him. Uh, That might not have been the case last year with Eric Hunter. You know, Eric Hunter might not have filled the need that Fad needed him to. Posh Alexander is that point guard that they need. Mm-hmm. All right. So next up, we're going to look at best three-point shooter. Yes. This one, this, okay. I added a caveat. Okay, caveat me. So if I said most talented three-point shooter, it'd be DJ Davis. Okay. If I said most, most clutch three-point shooter, it'd be Jamil Telford. But Ooh. since I did you know, just the best three-point shooter, it's actually Pierre Brooks. Okay. Uh, he leads the team with 26 threes. And he's shooting a team high forty one percent from three. I'll take forty one percent. That's any day exactly of the week. what any you need. player, any coach in the country will take forty one percent. Exactly. So yes, I mean, so that's that. I mean, just by the numbers and just when he he has a spot. It's kind of funny. He has a spot on the floor. He showed it in in Orlando that that right wing. He's automatic from there. He, he when he gets it there, the the team his teammates find him and he's. He's pretty much cash money from that spot. Must on the have court. been the spot on his driveway that was like the perfect <laughs> spot that he just wore out. Something like that. But yeah, he's been a surprise because again, we didn't know what to expect from Pierre. He like he had the pedigree as you know, Mister Basketball in Michigan, the state that's really a big basketball state. You know, four star recruit, and I mean, he, and he's the team's leading scorer. At, t- 
team's best three-point shooter. I don't think you can ask for much more from Pierre Brooks. Okay. All right. Best defensive player. Best defensive player, I believe I went. Did I go Pasha Alexander? You did go Pasha Alexander. Okay, <laughs> yes. Uh, then again, this is another place where Jamil Telford can kind of deserve a mention, but you know, Pasha just. Also, if, J- if Jalen Thomas had played the minutes we had expected him to play at the start of the season, I'm sure his block total would be up there and he'd be in contention, but explain Pasha Alexander to us. Yes, just Pasha is just a. I think the best word, and I mean this as a, a positive, is pesky. You know, he'll get in your face, he'll guard you full court, and he has a way of, he has this thing that he does on the inbounds pass where he'll kind of hang back and he'll swipe at, like, the when the team's inbounding the ball, he'll kind of run back and swipe at the ball to get those steals that the team's not expecting. Those, you know, that's stealing a possession or two a game, That those two, three points, that adds up in the long run. And he leads the team in steals. He's, I mean, he was the voted def- the first freshman to win um, Big East Defensive Player in a long time, and he's on a list that includes, you know, Allen Iverson, Alonzo Mourning, and Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing, yes. So, I mean, he has a, definitely a defensive reputation that uh, he's kind of lived up to so far at Butler. Okay. Best offensive player? I believe I went Pierre Brooks. You did go Pierre Brooks. Yes. And, again, Jamel Tufford is can – also have a say in this spot, but just Pierre, just the way that he can get to the basket, and obviously Jamil can do this too, but Pierre's body, that 6'6", about 230, just he can get down. When he gets downhill, I mean, who wants to get in front of him? And he's confident as hell. Like mm-hmm. he don't, He's not afraid to put up a shot, you yes. know, and that's that's very important at this level. I mean, you watch another team in this state, um, Indiana, um, they're afraid to shoot. They got guys just passing it around the wing who who just don't want to shoot. Sometimes they're playing three on five on offense because you got guys who don't want to who just are afraid to put the ball up. Mm. Here on, on Butler's team, everyone on the floor is is fine shooting the ball and is okay doing it. They all they all have this confidence. Yes, and uh, I, you know part of that is is Thad's coaching. You think it was just in, gives you that confidence that hey, if you miss, you miss. But I want you to shoot, and you know that's why they're scoring ninety points a game in a, in a few of these. Contest, they're putting up so many facts because everyone just kind of has the green light and mm-hmm. they'll live with that. So, yeah, um, so, I, I'm, I've been really impressed with his his body of work so far. Yeah, leads the team at 72 points per game. Again, has the most three pointers made, best three point percentage, and he's shooting the highest field goal percentage amongst starters at 51. percent So he's an efficient scorer too. Because I mean, again, it could be easy to just put up a lot of numbers and by taking a lot of shots, but Pierre has been very efficient. You know, set a career high with 26 points. Uh, Jamil has also, also had a 26 point game, but uh, so yeah, he's been a, just again a revelation offensively. Okay, so you've mentioned, first of all, and I want to say, like, it feels like since the Michigan State game, Pierre Brooks, is, there's a, a, a switch has kind of flipped on him where he's just really been a dynamite scorer since then. I think he scored 13 against Michigan State, and since then he's had two 20-point games, two 18-point games. He's really just kind of turned it on, and, and I think you could see that in the second half of that game. You know where the crowd was getting on him, and he, he he just didn't back down. He was still hitting threes, still taking shots. Posterized a kid too, and yeah, and then told him about it that he was you know did the small thing, which as oh, it was a head top. Oh, was it the head top? Okay, yes. it wasn't the small thing. No. Did Posh do the small thing? This I past think game? I think Posh did hit. Maybe yeah. that was in Orlando. I can't remember when he, he I think has someone did it this past uh, this past week. Okay, so now we're going to go on to uh, the team weakness mm-hmm. so far. What you know they're eight and two. Again, we've talked about some of these games have been closer than expected the last two at least um but what's the team weakness here yeah it's it's been rebounding and that's really showed up in their losses against michigan state and florida atlantic uh they were out rebounded 70 79 to 62 
Oh, okay. uh, rebounded 79 to 62, and that really showed up in the offensive rebounds. Uh, you know, leading to second chance points that kind of really hurt them in that area in, uh, in the two losses. Uh, Jalen Thomas is their leading rebounder at six and a half a game. Andre Screen is second, followed by uh, Jamil Telford, and Pasha Alexander is averaging four rebounds a game. And if they want to improve in that area, you know, their guards are going to have to get involved on the boards. And Posh and DJ, they've, and even Pierre Brooks, they've really kind of embraced, you know, improving on the the the, the boards and that's kind of helped them kind of turn it around there um, you know uh, in terms of rebounding percentage uh, off allowed they're 166 uh, in the country which isn't you know isn't terrible but isn't great so rebounding is an area they need to improve okay all right we're going to jump ahead to team MVP so you've mentioned Pierre Brooks he's been the top three-point shooter the top offensive player but you said Jamil Telford has a shout for it you said defensive player was Posh Alexander but Jamil Telford has a shot at it I'm sensing a trend here. Who is our team MVP so far? Yeah, the team MVP is Jamil Telford. Um, like I said, he may not be the best scorer. He may not be the best defender, but his all-around game is just the best on the team. And he's such a clutch performer as well that he's kind of earned the right to be the team MVP through 10 games. You know, he just impacts the, the game in so many ways. He's a confident scorer. He's a, a leader on the team, you know. The, the, t- the teammates definitely look up to him. He's, he's a versatile player, again, with his improved playmaking that he's shown. And he's a, a confident three-point shooter. Uh, he had the three-pointer against Texas Tech to send him to overtime. He had a, a go-ahead three-pointer against Cal, you know, in, in, in the first overtime. Just in uh, eight straight points against Cal. Just uh, just a confident scorer. Just he does everything. Can, contributes in every facet of the game. Just an all around great player uh, who's been great for Butler so far. All right. Well, so the rest of Akeem's superlatives will be on indiestar.com backslash sports. Be sure to check that out Wednesday morning. Those will be live. Butler play hosts Saginaw Valley State in their last non conference game of the, of the season. So correct. Um, probably be nine and two heading into Biggie's play. We will preview Biggie's play next week on next. Uh, next week's episode of Dog Talk. But uh, until then, that'll be it for now. Akeem, thanks for joining us. See you later.